All right. Good morning, Faith Church. What's going on, everybody? Hey, welcome to the house in Florence. It's so good to have you guys here. Thanks so much for showing up. Can we show some love for our Lawrenceburg Faith Church family? It's good to have you guys in the house as well. To everybody else who's watching online, whether you're Faith Church family or whether you're just stopping by to check us out, we're glad that you're with us and we're praying like we do every week that God will show up and wreck your world and change your life. We said every week that we believe that Jesus, come on, that he is the hope of the world, which means wherever you are, whatever you're going through, whatever your challenge, your struggle, your issue, your opportunity, if you'll allow Jesus to be a part of your life, it'll be the greatest decision, come on, that you've ever made. How many people know that's true? Let's go. Come on, let's make some noise for the God we serve. Well, my name is Steve Husky. I'm the lead pastor. Man, I'm excited to be here today as we launch a brand new series entitled Vogue. On the count of three, come on, everybody shout that word. One, two, three, Vogue. Did you know that February is fashion month. I know it may not make it to this corner of the world, but literally all over major cities, major designers are showing up in the month of February from places like Paris, London, New York City, rolling out the latest and the greatest, the hottest, what's in. Fashion designers are letting the fashion world know what is in vogue in 2021. Vogue. What's in style and what's out. That's what Vogue means. Vogue means what's culturally acceptable, what fits, what works. I don't know about you guys, but again, what's Vogue changes, doesn't it? Changes from season to season. What's in style, what's out of style, it changes from generation to generation. Come on, some of us have been around long enough. We have not just seen the things shift from what is acceptable, but if you're around long enough, you'll see them come back around again. Come on, bell bottoms are coming back. I started thinking about some things in my life that have been markers in the Vogue conversation. What was it in my life that was in style for a season? What was acceptable? And there have been a lot, but I can remember specifically, and you have to be from the 80s. Do we got any 80s people in the house? Come on, 80s people in Lawrenceburg. If you were raised in the 80s, you'll remember the iconic parachute pants. Let's go, somebody. Parachute pants, if you don't know what they were, they were made popular by the breakdance industry. Actually, what brought them on the scene was Michael Jackson. Parachute pants were absolute nylon from top to bottom with zippers all over. They were amazing. Stores like Chess King, Bugle Boy, Oak Tree, some of you might remember those stores back in the day, would roll these things out. But some of you who wore them here in the South, like, we're glad you wore them, but you had to really be committed to Vogue in the North. Because it's one thing to wear parachute pants when it's 65 degrees and mildly humid. It's another thing to wear nylon pants when it's zero with like a minus 20 degree wind chill factor. That's when you're committed to fashion. Let's go, somebody. Vogue. Again, our culture is surrounded by design, what's in style, what's out. Go through any checkout line, stop by any website, and culture will tell you what you should wear and what you shouldn't wear. But did you know that God has a lot to say about the topic of fashion? In fact, as you read through God's word from the Old Testament all the way to the New, God continually comes back to this topic of what we clothe ourselves with. Not necessarily the patterns, whether you wear solids or stripes, tops or bottoms, but what you cover your life with. God has a lot to say about this topic, so I thought it'd be good for us to lean into the conversation for the next several weeks. So thanks for being here as we launch the series. I want to encourage you to come back every week of this series as we talk about, again, the topic Vogue. Come on, say it one more time in the count of three. One, two, three, Vogue. What is in style? Here's the question that we're going to tackle today. 
is what is vogue for Christ followers? What is in style for what is, what is acceptable by our designer? What is it that God wants you and I as people of faith, as Christ followers, to cover ourselves with? In order to really understand this topic, it is introduced in the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis is known as the book of beginnings. It's where we first get a revelation of who God is, of what God is like, that God is not far off, he's close. We understand about God right in the beginning that he wants a relationship with us, that he created us. In fact, maybe you didn't know this, Lawrenceburg, maybe you never heard this, but did you know the reason you were here, the meaning of life is that God created you to have a relationship with you. And so we get a picture of who God is. We get a picture of who we are. God creates it everything, from the birds to the animals, the sea to the sky. We are the pinnacle of his creation, and he makes us to have a perfect relationship with him. And so we see this scene roll out, and what we find in Genesis chapter 3, it's not just the picture of our first parents. It's the, it's the picture of the very first fashion designer and the first fashion faux pas. The first original fashion faux pas happened in the Garden of Eden. And so here's how the story plays out. Adam and Eve, our first parents, have a perfect relationship with God. There's no sin. There's nothing hindering the relationship. But much like our lives, my life, and your life, there is a tempter. Satan slithers into the garden to tempt Adam and Eve, to tempt them to disobey their creator, to break God's law. And the temptation that Satan uses is he tempts them to eat from one tree that God's restricted. See, God is a generous God. He had all these trees in the garden and told Adam and Eve, you can eat from all of it. It's all for you, but there's one tree in the center of the garden. You can't eat from it. You might say, well, why in the world would God put one tree there if it's off limits? Because love can only exist in a vacuum of choice. So they had to choose. Do I choose to honor God or dishonor God? Do I choose to obey God or disobey God? All of us make those decisions daily. Do we obey God? Do we disobey God? And so Satan slithers in like he does in your life and mine, tempts Adam and Eve to ultimately disobey God and eat the fruit. And his promise is this, is that if you eat this fruit that is forbidden, that your eyes will be open. Basically, God's been holding back from you. And if you want full access, then do it your way, not God's. And so Eve reaches up to the tree, eats from the fruit, hands it off to Adam, he eats, and then this verse takes place, Genesis 3, 7. Everybody in this place, will you honor the word of God? Come on, can we say this together in one voice? Lawrenceburg, come on, everybody, let's read this one verse together. It says, at that moment, their eyes were open, and they, were su they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. Come on, read it. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover their nakedness. Now think about this. In the very moment that they disobeyed God, the Bible says their eyes were open. What does that mean? Their eyes were open. Well, it doesn't mean their physical eyes were closed, their eyelids down, and all of a sudden they popped open. What it meant was the very moment that they disobeyed God and they ate the fruit, that very moment they had a new perception of reality. They had a new understanding. You say, what was it? For the very first time in creation, mankind, man and woman, human beings felt shame. For the very first time, they experienced the presence of sin. So Satan made good for sure. 
He said, hey, you're going to have an experience you never had if you disobey God. But just like the devil always does with us, he tricks us, he baits and switches us to bring us to destruction. And their eyes were open, but for the very first time, they experienced sin and fell shame. Because here's what we all know is every time we sin, when we disobey our creator, when we break his laws, when we compromise his heart, it always brings shame. Now, maybe you're living a life and you didn't know that that's where that feeling came from, but because you were made by God and for God, when we violate God, we feel that disconnect, we feel that separation. All of us watching this, listening to this, we have all felt guilt, shame, and condemnation. And that's what they felt in that moment. Their eyes were open. And what did they try to do? Again, it says that immediately they sewed fig leaves together. Adam was the original designer and tailor. He grabbed some oak leaves, some elm leaves, possibly because I'm from Ohio. It could have been some buckeye leaves. And sewed together garments to cover their nakedness. Because isn't that what we do? We try to cover ourselves. Come on, when, have you ever done something wrong, you knew it was wrong, and you tried to hide it? Come on, we, especially as kids. All of you that have young kids, remember the first time that like, you did date night and you thought the kids were old enough not to, do it, not to have a babysitter? So you just gave them like, the list of rules before you, like, before you left, and when you came home, they broke something? Come on, how many people ever broke something when you was a kid? Wave at me. Now, come on, you got to help me. This participation, Lawrence Burke. When you broke it, how many of you met your parents at the door with the confession and the evidence when they got home? Wave at me. No, no you liar, liar, liar. <laughs> Y'all three need to give your hearts to Jesus today. How many people tried to hide the evidence? Come on, wave at me. You tried to hide it. I remember burning, I remember burning carpet, kicking holes in doors. And listen, it wasn't me, Dad. My boy, like we would hide it, roll dressers on it, try to fix it. Because when we experience guilt and shame from disobedience, we always try to cover our tracks. We try to clothe what we've done so nobody can see it. Immediately when Adam and Eve disobeyed God, what they did was they tried to fix the problem on their own. They tried to cover their own shame and guilt and condemnation in their own ability. And so what he did was he grabbed some tree leaves sewed an outfit together, but he knew he was still so exposed that he not only hid behind leaves, if you read it, then he goes and hides in the forest because he's so ashamed, because she is so condemned. Thankfully, God shows up. Come, people know that God always is looking for us. Listen, God's never given up on you. He'll never give up on you. When you run from him, he's pursuing you. Is anybody thankful for that today? And so in their sin, in their rebellion, God comes looking for Adam and Eve, and he finds them. And they said, hey, we're hiding because we're naked. Again, think about this. They weren't just trying to cover their physical bodies. They were trying to cover their shame. But the clothes they put together couldn't cover it. You will never be able to cover your own sin, guilt, shame, and condemnation. And they realize that, hey, God, we're still naked. And God said, hey, who told you we're naked? And they're like, hey, we, Satan told us, and we disobeyed you, our fault. And notice how God responds. I love this. This is so powerful. God steps up and becomes a designer and a tailor for Adam and Eve. And it says this, Genesis 3:21. and the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. So Adam and Eve were the original designers and tailors of this whole leave design. 
God shows up and says, hey, that's not, good. that's not good enough. You can never cover yourself. So God takes an animal, sacrifices it, and uses the skin of this animal to cover them. And you might think like, hey, what's that all about? Well, first of all, again, I just want you to see that God will always cover for us what we can't cover for ourselves. And the reason he uses an animal and the leaves aren't good enough is this reason. is because what's happening is God taking an animal, a live animal who laid down his life to cover the nakedness of Adam and Eve is a picture of Jesus coming who ultimately laid down his life for us so Jesus could come and cover our sin. Come on. Maybe you never heard of this before, but did you know that God, because he knew we were trying to cover and deal with and compensate for our guilt and shame, did you know that God sent his son Jesus on a rescue mission who came, God's son, perfect, who was holy, who took off his robe of righteousness? And on planet earth, he took up and put on our robe of unrighteousness. Jesus wrapped himself in your unrighteousness, in your robe of rebellion, stained with sin. Jesus put it on and died on the cross for our sin, for my sin and your sin. And then ultimately, he gave us his robe of righteousness so we could be forgiven, covered, and be made children of God. Come on, is anybody thankful for that today? And Paul, understanding the power of what Jesus did for us, that we couldn't clothe or cover ourselves, that ultimately Jesus came to do it for us, Paul admonishes all of us, Florence, admonishes us, Lawrenceburg, everybody watching online, here is the challenge today when you ask, like, hey, what do we do? What is vogue for Christians, for Christ followers? Romans 13, 14, Paul says this, clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. He's saying, if you're going to deal with the shame, the guilt, the condemnation, the thing that's going to fix what's broken on the inside of you, the thing that's going to heal you, restore you, and reconnect you to your creator is Christ. Put on Jesus. Put on Christ. We do that by faith, by putting our hope and our trust in Jesus. And when we do that faith, put our faith in Jesus, he covers us. He clothes us and, again, gives us his gift of righteousness. And so I'm thinking about that, that truth and that reality. And I thought, you know, for so many of us, I don't think we probably really do this well. Some of us, we've heard this message before, but we're not really walking it out well. Some of you have never heard what you should be clothed with. Some of you, this is brand new information. You've been listening to culture tell you to put on all of those things. Today, I want to tell you who you should put on. Put on the Lord Jesus. If you're taking notes, I just want to give you two things, two maybe groups of people. I hate to segregate, but for some of us in this room, you're wearing the wrong righteousness. So let me just tell you today, come on, don't wear the wrong righteousness. If we're told to put on Christ, what is, what is the wrong clothes? Have you ever thought about the effort that a lot of us put into, like, let's, we will just get to the clothes in a second. Have you ever thought about the effort we just put into our skin, the effort we put in to our skin? Come on, ladies, isn't this, isn't this cool? Like, I celebrate this about you. Like, if you don't have eyebrows, you can draw some in, in your vote. Dudes can't do that. We can't, I mean, I can't get away with that. I got some light skin, some light hair, keeps getting lighter. Come on, if, if you don't look good, if you don't think you look good, and like you got this shame game in the mirror, you can fix that. Come on, you can nip it, tuck it, lift it, enlarge it. 
Come on, if you got enough money, you know the right people. And, hey, I ain't blaming you. Listen, if I had the money, I'd go to who you're going to. All I'm saying is that the po- there's at some point, if you're trying to compensate and cover yourself with your own ability to fix the skin instead of fix the heart, Jesus said he, we need to put him on. Come on, somebody. A lot of us, again, when you talk about don't wear the wrong righteousness, I think a lot of us were wearing the wrong designer. Think about this. If you go to an event, if you're watching TV, Grammys, Emmys, there's always these A-listers walking in, and oftentimes the question the reporter will ask or they will report on afterwards is, who are you wearing? Versace. I'm wearing Versace. And so as a culture, we have felt like we are significant if we have the right clothes on. What's crazy is, again, what's in and what, what's out changes. When I was a kid, let me just say this. When I was a kid, if you wore champion gear, you were poor. Anybody remember when champion was like the Kmart special? Come on. Now if you're wearing champion, you're legit. And it's crazy because we have to have, we feel like we got to wear the right brand to matter. And we wear Lucky, Louie, Gucci. And down here in the dirty south, Carhartt. (laughs) But all of a sudden, we put that on and we feel a little more important. Did you know wearing clothing, the desire to wear clothing, is innate in our desire to cover ourselves? Not again just human skin, but what's broken within. And Adam and Eve, they ultimately tried to do it. I want you to see this. Watch this. Matthew chapter 22, verse 11. There's a story Jesus tells to kind of unfold this this whole picture of dressing right or dressing wrong. Let me just lay this down. The story that Jesus is about to tell, the parable that he's about to unroll is a parable of a wedding reception. We can all relate to wedding receptions. The picture is that this guy gets married and he has a blowout bash. All the people are in the house, all his friends, all his relatives, all the A-listers have shown up. Everybody's dressed to the nines. Like the word got out of what you're supposed to wear. Don't you, don't you like when you go somewhere that you know how you're supposed to dress? Like just let me know. Is it, is it business? Is it business casual? Is it casual? Can I wear my pajamas? Let's go. And you just need to know what's the dress code. And so in the story that Jesus is about to tell, it's really a dress code issue. Come on, you know how it is when you go to a wedding, right? Some of you have been bridesmaids before, and this girl that you used to like that you don't even like or talk to anymore suckered you into buying a dress that she wanted you to wear that was gaudy. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on. And so you look around the room, and the the person throwing the celebration shows up, and he looks around the room, and everybody is lit, vogue. Everybody is wearing the proper fashion design except one man. And I want you to notice what Jesus says. He says, but when the king came in to meet the guest, he noticed a man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes for a wedding. So get the picture. You know how it is like you go to an event and it's a black tie event. Everybody's popping. They got on cummerbunds and black ties and tuxedos with the satin. And then there's always that one guy that just refuses to man up, and he doesn't wear a tuxedo. He goes to Walmart and get a tuxedo print T-shirt. Like, that's this picture. This man is looking around at his celebration, at all of these people wearing the proper clothes, 
And there's this one guy that sticks out like a sore throne. He says this, friend, he asked, how is it that you are here without wedding clothes? But the man had no reply. And then the king said to his aides, bind his hands and his feet and throw him into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wow. It's a strong message. What Jesus is saying is, what he's talking about is the wedding celebration is the kingdom of God. Not just heaven one day, but being in relationship with God, living for God, experiencing God in your daily life, that is the wedding reception. But the only way you can participate in the kingdom of God, the only way you can get to the kingdom of heaven is to make sure that you are wrapped in the right garment. If you don't have the right garment, you can't get in. And he sees this guy that is dressing his own way. And FYI, history tells us that at this time, that if you showed up without the wrong garment, it was the responsibility of the one hosting the event to give you the garment. So it's not like this guy didn't have an option. He just refused to put it on. And I don't know if you're picking up what I'm laying down. What Jesus is saying is the same way Adam and Eve tried to cover themselves and it wasn't good enough. This man in this parable tried to cover himself and it wasn't good enough. If we're going to deal with our condemnation and shame, if we're going to deal with what's broken inside, we got to put on the gift that's been given to us, the garment of the Lord Jesus Christ who will cover anybody of anything. Come on. So the message is this. Acceptance is dependent on apparel. Are you wearing the Lord Jesus? Have you put on Christ? Lawrenceburg, have you put your faith in Jesus and clothed yourself in the gift of his righteousness? Again, I think a lot of us, we're putting on the wrong righteousness. We're putting on the wrong designer. We're dealing with skin issues. I think I can go further than that and say a lot of us, the righteousness, the way we're trying to cover what's broken inside, a lot of us try to clothe ourselves with connections. Right? If you're dating the right person, it somehow tries, like, if, if, I'm just, if I can find the right person, Lord, Lord, send me somebody. A lot of us, we find ourselves sleeping around from person to person, having sex outside of marriage, and I'm not saying it doesn't feel good. What I'm telling you is probably at the heart what you're searching for is to cover what's broken inside with relationship. The only problem is the only relationship that will heal you and make you whole is a relationship with Christ. Put on the Lord Jesus. A lot of us are clothing ourselves with dating and clothing ourselves with lots of friends. We're trying to compensate. A lot of us, it's not just that we're clothing ourselves with connection. A lot of us, we are dressing ourselves with drugs. Oxy is an epidemic. Heroin is out of control. If you think nobody in this room is using, you're lying. Again, it's not that it doesn't feel good. I did drugs for a long time in my life. But at the heart of it, a lot of people are looking for an escape to deal with the pain, to not have to deal with reality. And so they dress themselves with drugs. They just try to get a high to get by. Again, people trying to figure out what can I clothe myself with. Don't clothe yourself with the wrong righteousness. I think a lot of times we wrap ourselves in our work. 
Think about it. If you can just be successful enough, like, man, we're looking for the, the gold club. If I can just close enough contracts, if I can do enough business that I can get the trip like I've arrived, and we feel like if we got enough dollars in the bank, if we got enough bling on a ring, that we feel like we're okay. And you can be successful. You can be a squillionaire and live on a mansion on the hill on the Tennessee River. But if you are not clothed with Christ, you're bankrupt. You cannot wrap yourself in work. Be successful. I believe God wants us to be successful, but human success is not a replacement for the robe of righteousness. A lot of us, I think we suit up with social media. Suit up with social media. Again, there's something, I can admit it, there's, there's something euphoric if you get enough likes, enough comments, enough shares. Some of you might even go viral. And we try to just compensate. In fact, if I can just be so bold to talk to everybody in the room, but especially walking into this, I felt like, man, just the Holy Spirit told me to challenge specifically young ladies in this house, especially those who either are wanting to get married or most specifically those who have been recently divorced. I just want you to know something. If you have been recently divorced, here's what I know about you is it did something to make you feel like your value was diminished. And while you might feel like your value is diminished, don't feel the pressure to go online and put pictures online of yourself, exposing yourself, hoping enough guys will come in and validate who you are. That's not why they're there. They're there to oogle you. God came to die for you. Listen to me. He's the only one who can validate you. A lot of us are suiting up with social media. Am I popular enough? Are there enough people following me? And if there is, we feel like we're enough. So again, we wrap ourselves. Think about this. We cover ourselves with all the wrong things. I think at the end of the day, all of us can agree. A lot of us in this room trying to wrestle with unrighteousness, trying to deal with guilt. A lot of us, I think we put on the garment of good works. You know what the garment of good works is, don't you? We have this mentality. How many people in this room you've ever messed up before? You've ever sinned? You've ever fallen short? Wave at me. Come on, Lawrenceburg. you ever messed up, raise your hand. Listen, a lot of you are liars, which just means now you should be raising your hand. Come on. If you all messed up, raise your hand 100%. 100%. I know that's hard. You're sitting there literally doing nothing. That's a lot of energy. Come on, help a brother out. One more time. Raise your hand if you messed up before. 100%. I love it. So we all mess up. The challenge is we live in a culture and a society that tells us that if you'll just do enough good works, it'll overcome your bad works. If you can just put on the garment of good works, you'll be covered. Right? Like last night, some of you were in a crazy place. You don't even know how crazy it was because you forget half the night. And then you showed up at church, which I'm so glad you're here. I don't care where you're from, what you did, what you're doing. You're always welcome here because we want you to meet the Jesus we know. He'll do in you what he's done in us. But, and not that I'm there, but I'm on a journey. Let's go. Again, we have this mindset that, hey, if I come to church, like going to church, come on, Pastor, that's a big one. I could have slept in. It's COVID. I had, a, I had an excuse. Does that make up? And if I put, like I had $27.18, I even put that in the plate. I would have went to Sunday school, but faith church don't do Sunday school. And we just feel like if I do enough, we are covered in the garment of good deeds. And again, the picture that we constantly see is Adam and Eve tried to cover themselves and couldn't. The man at the wedding tried to cover himself and couldn't. If you try to cover yourself, even with good deeds, you can't. Here's why. Because while your good deeds might impress somebody else and other people might look at you and say, I wish I was as good as them. I wish I was as giving as them. I wish I was as noble as them. Our righteousness in the eyes of God's righteousness is we fall far short. 
Check this out. Here's what Isaiah said about your good deeds and mine. He says, we are all infected and impure with sin. When we display our righteous deeds, when we put on our own garment of good deeds, he says, they are nothing but, shout it with me, filthy rags. You might impress somebody else with the designer you're wearing, but God says that doesn't cut it. The only way you can make the cut is if you let me dress you. Have you put on the Lord Jesus? So again, I think there's all these things that we deal with to try to cover up, try to wrap ourselves, cover ourselves, put on our own garments. And again, the message of the New Testament, the message of Jesus is to put on the Lord Jesus, to wrap yourself, to clothe yourself in Christ. And here's the crazy thing, because here's the other side of us. Some of us are wrapping ourselves in the wrong righteousness. Other ones here, I want to tell you, don't wear the right righteousness the wrong way, which means we live in the South where everybody loves Jesus. Ain't many of us living for Jesus, but everybody got saved sometime. Oh, it's quiet up in here today. Everybody's a Christian. I just read a stat. 84% of Congress are Christians. 79% of America is Christians. Well, I think the problem is that a lot of people have had at some point in their life some conversation, some moment where they put on Christ. They were at a camp. They were at a service. Maybe you were a kid in Sunday school. Maybe you came to a service here at Faith Church or watched one online, and you prayed a prayer at some point, and you put on Jesus. The problem is that a lot of us have put on Christ. We're just wearing him the wrong way. Let's talk about how some of us are wearing Christ. Wearing Christ. See, when you come to Christ, you put him on. He's a garment. He covers you. Makes you look good. That's what Jesus does. He covers you. The problem is, a lot of us, we had an experience with Jesus. We prayed a prayer. We felt like we put on Christ. But we're just not wearing him the right way. When I was a kid, my, my dad, he actually served in the military. I remember as a child, I have two older brothers. One day we wandered down into the basement and we found a trunk. Inside this trunk, we opened it up and it was all this stuff from my dad serving in the army. We rooted through it. There was love letters from my mom to my dad, from my dad to my mom. We didn't read those because you can't get those words out of your head. <laughs> but we rooted through and there's all this cool memorabilia and like, you know, different ranks and patches and a combat night. But the thing we loved as little boys were there were all these old army fatigues. And I'll never forget, we ran upstairs, Dad, can we wear your army gear? He's like, yeah. And so for the next three, four, five months, like every day we were playing army. Remember back in the good old days where you could point a hand at somebody and shoot them and not get kicked out of school? Is it too soon? Man, we had a blast. I mean, we had to cuff them and roll them like 18 times. But we, in the moment, felt like we were rolling guerrilla warfare in Goodyear Heights. That's where I'm from. Heights town, baby. A-town, Akron. But here's the thing I want you to know is, just because I had all my father's fatigues did not make me a vet veteran from the military. And see, what's happening is a lot of people, the way they put on Jesus through somebody else. Here's how they wear Jesus. It's just like this hey, I'm just going to throw Jesus on. A lot of us, our faith, it's not our faith. We have the faith of our parents. Well, my parents love Jesus. A lot of you, you have the faith of your pastor. Well, I just have a great pastor and he loves the Lord. Hey, pastor, will you pray for me? And while it's my privilege to pray for you, you pray for you. 
A lot of us, we have the faith of our partners, our spouses. Some of you are too big of rollers to deal with religion, and so you allow your wife to carry it. Hey, my wife prays, but I'm too busy. I don't even know if I believe in that, or your wife is out making it happen. Husbands, you're struggling. Wives, you're struggling. Like A lot of us are looking to other people, and we don't really have on Christ. We just have on someone else's Christ. And just because you have on someone else's Jesus doesn't mean he's covering you. Newsflash, God doesn't have any stepkids. He doesn't have any stepkids. What I mean by that is when you put on the Lord Jesus, the Bible says as many as received him, he's given them the right to become children of God. Which means the moment anybody here, anybody in Lawrenceburg, anybody watching this or listening to this message, the moment you say, hey, I need cover and I cannot cover myself, Jesus will come and he will cover you with his righteousness. And in that very moment until the end of eternity, which will never happen, you are a child of God. But that only happens by personal decision. Come on, somebody. You cannot wrap yourself in secondhand faith. A lot of us, we don't have secondhand faith. A lot of us, come on, somebody. A lot of us, you know, we got, we got backwards faith. You know what backwards faith is when, again, you guys know this, I have three kids, two daughters, and a son. When they were young, I was petrified because I knew nothing about kids. I didn't know how to change them, feed them, hold them. My wife actually left me at home with them, and they survived, and that was pure the grace of God. That's not my child care abilities. Well... The church I served at also had a daycare in it, and so Shauna, she would get up and she would go to work. When I got up, it was my responsibility to take, at that time, daughter, and then later daughters. It was my job to dress them, feed them, and get them to daycare. And then I'd go to my office and do my deal. And I'll never forget one day I woke up and got the clothes that Shauna had laid out. It was picture day, by the way. And so I dressed my kids in the garments that she laid out drop Kayla off at the daycare, and I'm not there very long, and I get a phone call from the daycare and says, hey, pastor, just want you to know Kayla's pictures came out fine, but I had to do a few things. Just wanted you to know that I put her outfit on correctly. You had it on backwards. <laughs> I know, right? It says not a lot about my parenting. Backwards. A lot of us in culture, a lot of us in this room in Lawrenceburg, you are wearing Jesus backwards. It's not that you didn't put on Christ, but you're wearing him your own way in a way that he wasn't intended to be worn. A lot of us have on Jesus like this. Come on, when you have Jesus on like this, you're saying, hey, I can just wear him however I want. Like the pockets don't work, the buttons don't work. This is called hypocrisy. Where you put on Christ, you just don't sound like Jesus. Where you put on Christ, but you don't look anything like Jesus. Where you put on, see, when you put on his garments, you start, looking like the, you start looking like the brand you're wearing. You start looking like the designer that you're wearing. Come on, I'm not talking about perfection. Jesus was perfect for us. But when you put on Christ, we start to look like the one we're following. Let's go. Sorry. You can't wear Jesus the way you want to. You got to wear him the way he was intended to be worn. And a lot of you are rolling inside out, backwards, upside down. You got backwards faith. Some of us got... We put on Jesus, but this is how we put Jesus on. Anybody come up in a home where your parents are always telling you, like, they always thought the worst was going to happen and you needed to be prepared? Anytime we would go out, like, especially if it was raining, just rain, parents always, hey, take an umbrella. Like, when I was a kid, I don't know about it anymore, when I was a kid, you were too cool to wear, um, take an umbrella or wear duck boots. Only the nerds stayed dry. Cool people got wet. Anybody, come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? 
So like, I don't want to take that. Anytime we're going out, my mom would say, hey, it's supposed to get cold. It might get cold tonight. Put us, take a sweater with you. Take a sweatshirt. Mom, I don't want to take no sweatshirt. No, you need to have one with you just in case. A lot of us in this room, we put on Jesus, but we have just in case faith. And where we, we wear Jesus like this. Come on, anybody remember back in the day where you'd wrap it around your waist? Come on, you hated having it, but you had it, come on, say it with me, just in case. If it got cold, it's here, but I'm not wearing him. If it starts to rain, I got it just in case. See, a lot of you have put on Christ, but it's just in case faith. Like, I'm good, Jesus, but hey, if it gets things go bad, just in case, I got you. If I lose my job because of COVID, Jesus, I got, my, I got my garment. If I'm looking for a girl, oh, God. Some of you bought a bikini and hung it in the, in the closet. Oh, God, will you fill the bikini? Put on Jesus. Just in case. Just in case things go bad. Just in case the stock market crashes. Just in case I lose my job. Just in case my spouse walks out. Like, he ain't really a part of me, but I got him just in case. It's emergency faith. A lot of us have fashion statement faith. We don't really put on Christ like we just have him just in case. Just in case. Like, it's just a fashion statement. Like he's here, he's not really on. A lot of people have fashion statement faith when it comes to business. You know who you are. You'll put an ichthus, the Christian fish, on the side of your van or on your business card. You're not really a Christian. You don't do Christian business with integrity at a fair price. You're just trying to bait Christian people into your business. It's just, it's just a fashion statement. If it'll help you to get the girl or get the guy, yeah, you'll tell people on your profile that you're a Christian. But if they try to get into your pants on the first date, that's a sign they don't love Jesus. Run. Come on. Like, you're not really wearing them. It's just how I just got them. If it helps me get the deal, I love Jesus. Hey, I'm a Christian. Hey, I go to church too. You go to faith church? I go to faith church too. And Jesus is just a fashion statement. Just there to look good. Jesus is nobody's accessory. Jesus did not come to this world, die on the cross, and raise from the dead to be an accessory. He came to be Lord and Savior of our lives. Have you put on the Lord Jesus? And the last, I think, is true again. A lot of us have put them on, but we don't keep them on. We don't wear them the right way. A lot of us have special occasion faith. Come on, you know what special occasion faith is, don't you? Special occasion faith. There was a time, at least in our culture, again, I'm getting older, things change. I get it. But everybody had to have a suit of nice clothes. Typically, it was a black suit, at least a black jacket. Why? Because weddings happened and funeral happens. And you would always have the special occasion outfit to run to that you always had something to wear on a special occasion. And a lot of Christians have special occasion faith. It's Sunday, put him on. And then you ain't even out of the parking lot yet and you got him off. It's Christmas service and faith is about to be lit and we put him on. Easter service, we put him on. And as soon as the service is over, as soon as the event's over, we take him off. What this world needs are people who dress the same on Wednesday as they do on Sunday, who put on Jesus and keep him on. 
So the challenge is, what is vogue for Christians? What is vogue for Christ followers is to put on the Lord Jesus. And if you tried like I have tried, and I'm sure like you have tried, to cover yourself, to fix yourself, to heal yourself, what you will find is it's not possible. The only one who can fix us, cover us, and forgive us is Christ. And he did all that was necessary that all you have to do is put your trust in him. Have you put on the Lord Jesus? Christ has to be put on intentionally and worn appropriately. See, I didn't wake up this morning and trip into my closet and walk out looking this good. I'm not ego. I'm really very self-conscious. And when I act like I'm egotistical, it's just covering myself, deflecting. This was intentional. Whether you like it or not, I decided I'm going to wear that, buy that, get that, put that together. You don't accidentally become a Christian. It's intentional. You put on Christ on purpose. I make a decision as an individual to have personal faith and a personal Savior that came and died for me personally. And he's worn appropriately. Doesn't mean perfectly, appropriately. You are a sinner and you will continue to sin. By the grace of God, he will give you strength to overcome sin. And more and more, you become like the one you wear. You will be like your designer. So maybe some of you in this room, as I wrap this up, maybe you've never put on Christ. And today's a great opportunity, Lawrenceburg. Florence to put on Christ. Some of you would say, I put him on, but man, if I'm real honest, you're right, Pastor. I got, I got accessory faith. I got just-in-case faith. I got backwards faith. Maybe today you need to put on Christ, not just purposely, appropriately. So I want to lead us in prayer. Father, I thank you today for grace, for the covering we have in Christ. That God, all of us are broken. All of us are sinners. All of us need a Savior. There's nothing we can do through, through success, relationships, highs. There's nothing we can do through social media. There's nothing we can do to cover ourselves. We fail just like Adam and Eve who cover themselves in leaves. We cover ourselves with things that don't fix what's broken. So, Lord, will you just move on people's hearts? Will you help them to understand how much they need you and how much you've done for them? Listen, if you're here and you've never put on Jesus, you've never said, I need his grace, the only condition, the only requirement is faith, just to recognize you need covered and to recognize that Jesus is the only one who can cover you. If you're watching this or listening to this and you say, Pastor Steve, today I want to put on Christ. I want to put my faith in Jesus. I want to lead you in a very simple prayer. And if that's you here in Florence, will you do me a favor on the count of three? Or if you've been putting him on the wrong way and today, you just need to recommit your life to Jesus. You want to start wearing Christ the right way. If you're here and you've never put him on, you need to start putting him on the right way. You're ready to walk away from hypocrisy. You're ready to put on Jesus. If that's you on the count of three, I want you to lift a hand. One, two, three. Come on, throw up hands. Say, I need to, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to put on Jesus today. Come on, real high. Just for one second. Come on, leave it up. Thank you, 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 thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Lots of hands. I just want to lead us in a really simple prayer. Come on, all of us together, one voice. Can we pray this? Say, Jesus, will you help me to put on Christ, to trust you, to be my covering, to be my Savior, to forgive me of my sin? And will you help me 
to follow you, to wear you appropriately for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, come on, everybody who agreed said amen. Come on, let's give it up for Jesus. Come on.